and welcome to VChat episode 40. It's been a while since our last one, uh, but we've managed to do the planet server lined. And uh, yeah, here we are, both uh, myself and David. So uh, my name's Simon Seagrave from techhead.co. Hey, and I'm David Davis from Actual Tech Media and VMWareVideos.com. Hey, how you doing, David? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been too long, Simon. It's great to see you again. Uh, we came up with some exciting topics to talk about, you know, for this show. It's been a while, so we have a lot to talk about, like you said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, we've both been doing some, some cool stuff, some cool shows lately. Um, so, you know, the first thing I want to mention before we get too far into it is that uh, Eric Siebert's live vblog voting is now open. So, you know, make sure you go vote and Definitely. select your favorite, you know, virtualization bloggers out there in the ecosystem. Uh, I know that's that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool thing he's got going every year. So we want to make sure we support him in that. Um, so, you know, moving on, let's talk about what you've been up to, Simon. I know I've been seeing you tweet a lot about uh, your role at EMC and some of the really cool demos, you know, that you created for EMC World. Uh, tell us about it. What, what kind of cool demos did you create? What was it like to be at EMC World? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I was very lucky to, uh, you know, uh, have just, <laughs> justifications to go along again. Uh, it's always a good show. I mean, it's got the same sort of feel, atmosphere and feel uh, as um, uh, VMworld. So, uh, no, I, I really enjoy it. I mean, uh, it's normally a very hectic time for me, actually. I can't remember the last EMC World that was, uh, how should we put it, relaxing where I could actually sort of spend time to go to sessions, catch up with people, et cetera. It's always a bit manic when I'm there, but it's it's cool. It adds to the atmosphere and the excitement of it all. Um, so yeah, this year, as with last year, I was responsible for uh, pulling together the keynote demos. So these are the demos on the three days of keynotes uh, where we have the, um, you know, the, uh, the the business student leaders, the executives go up and they demonstrate sort of the, the latest and greatest products uh, from EMC. So uh, yeah, definitely, you know, high profile role, but it's definitely be very much a death or glory type position you know if it goes well hey brilliant you're the best thing out if it doesn't obviously uh yeah yeah you're not as popular um but i'm pleased to report that this year the uh, the demo gods thank you were smiling it all went smoothly um and it was probably one of our mo most ambitious years actually with with what we're doing so uh you know th three days of keynotes the first one wasn't particularly heavy on demos uh, there was just one demo for that day day two was interesting um because uh, Greg Gotts and team uh, there, they did this thing with motion capture, which was, uh, yeah, yeah, a really new technology, which enabled um, uh, Chad and one of the um, uh, BU leaders there to stand in these little sort of, uh, they're sort of like a three-dimensional sort of uh, white tents, as it were. And so they were projected inside a piece of hardware. In this case, it was the... Uh, the uh, the Unity device that was announced at the show and that was pretty cool and it's, you know they, they were standing on different places on the on on the stage and basically they they did a sort of uh, a virtual reality type type tour through the actual hardware I mean they were this tall they were pretty small um, you know shrunk down in size and uh, put inside the hardware so that that was really cool uh, that day we had quite a few uh, product demos as well and like I say they went well uh, day three that was the James Bond. Uh, type thing that was a lot of fun uh, indeed uh, you know uh, with Jeremy and Chad and those guys um, so yeah that was that, that was really cool and uh, yeah it went smoothly but no it was it was good I mean it had a really good uh, buzz really good atmosphere I mean that's the first show I've been to this year um, definitely my role these days I'm, I'm I'm definitely not attending as many events or shows as I have done in the past which is no bad thing from a sort of travel perspective um so but it was nice to go to a show uh, it was based in Vegas um 
so uh, at, at the uh, at the Palazzo there, um, just down the road, obviously down the other end of the strip from where VMworld uh, is this year. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool. So uh, I believe it's just for one year. I think VMworld uh, is going to Vegas, then it's back to San Fran, uh, back to the Moscone again, whilst they do renovations this year, or rather extend the uh, the facility conference facility there in San Fran. Um, so, so yeah, it was, pretty, it, was, it was really good. It was good. It was a successful trip and uh, some great announcements. Obviously, there's a buzz around, you know, the the, the merger we're going through with uh, with Dell at the moment. Uh, we had Michael Dell there on day one. Um, yeah, so that was really cool as well. And um, yeah, no, it's just brilliant. It, it had a good atmosphere actually, and a lot of the, uh, you know, people say, yeah, we're going to say that, but out of all the MC worlds, it was my favourite one because I think. The implications of what was announced, etc., uh, not only for a company but a sort of industry perspective, were the most sort of compelling and the most interesting. So, you know, I just think we're at such an interesting stage um, in the industry at the moment. You know, we're obviously clouds well and truly there, you know, but we're, you know, you've, you've got all these different variations of sort of public hybrid, you know, everything, you know. Um, you know, hyperconvergence, all this type of thing. It's really exciting. So from a geek's point of view, I mean, this is there's some really cool stuff out there. And with applications, obviously, uh, coming to the forefront as well, um, exciting stuff there. Very cool. I mean, you, you caught my attention right there when you said the James Bond demo. Is is that posted, like, out on YouTube? Can I see something like that? The keynote, maybe? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it probably is. I'd be surprised if it isn't. It would probably be on some EMC uh, channel there, um, YouTube channel. So, okay. uh, yeah, I'll have a look. If we've got it, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> did, did you get to meet Michael Dell? Uh, very, very briefly, very briefly. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a super nice guy, though. He's um, Yeah, some, some executives you can meet... You know, they, they, I don't know. I, I instantly sort of warmed to him. He seems quite a nice sort of... I don't know, just just a normal sort of guy, you know. That's that's you know, like I say, it was very brief, you know. But it, I wasn't, uh, I didn't feel um, nervous by him, you know. Like some some of these big names, you know, it can be quite sort of nerve wracking or nervous to meet them for the first time. Right. Um, but no, he he was he was very much he just seemed like a like a really nice guy, you know. Obviously, a, a fellow. Uh, techie, um, yeah, but no, it was good. First impressions, uh, yeah, really good. Yeah, seemed like a super guy. Very cool. I mean, at least you know, you know, he comes from a technology background. He started building computers in his garage or whatever in Austin, Texas. I mean, I think it's a great, cool, yeah. st cool yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely come up through the same sort of routes that a lot of us have done. So it's yeah. uh, you know, obviously like-minded. So yeah, so I've never been to EMC World, so it's it's cool to hear about you know what it's like, and um, it's got to be super stressful to create those demos at least in my opinion you know the famous like bill gates like blue screen of death oh, you know God, during, yes, yes, during yes. the demo <laughs> so uh so are some of your demos also post i'm sure they're out there on on emc channels as well some of the stuff that you created for the keynotes yeah i've actually changed the way i've done demos these days because how we used to do it is how i used to do it was uh you know we just create demos literally for the keynotes and that would be it you know they get mothballed after that um what i like to do with the demos now is actually create something a, a sort of a piece of collateral that can be used after the event as well that um you know people seeing it obviously sparks sparks interest um and so it'd be nice if they can get hands-on time with it so the demos i create now um yeah yeah i can uh, sort of uh create them in such a way that they are accessible afterwards you know we sort of um you know we have the versions we have for the show uh that we show um 
you know it depends but in case you know gets live systems but quite, quite often I'll, I'll do sort of like a canned version of it as well that people can access after the event um so yeah if anyone's interested in that please let me know i mean i've i've, I've made a couple of them available uh internally at the moment but there's no reason we can make them available externally as well um i know that some of these i've been given the the thumbs up that uh, you know anyone out there can access them if they want and there is they are up there on a public website so uh, if anyone wants to know what the, uh, that uh, url is just let me know and i'll uh, yeah, I'll pass it on. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll try to put that in the show notes so um, so everybody can see it. I mean, you must spend days and weeks creating those demos, so it's great to get some further exposure for them yeah. after after just the show. So yeah, it's kind of nice because it just gives people opportunity. I mean, you know, you know how it is, right? I mean, there's you can run your own labs, you can spin up your own instances in the cloud of, of, of things. Whether it's you know VMware, EMC, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it's it's quite often some of the some of the you know the hands-on time you want to get with products isn't always available because either the 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 licenses are too much you know they, they don't do eval versions so you know quite often it's, it's kind of nice if you can just jump in there have access to an environment that otherwise you wouldn't be able to normally spin up or have access to and just get in there and get your hands dirty and just have a play around with it yeah i mean that's what i've enjoyed really with like the vmware um the hands-on labs, you know, is because oh, yeah. some of the products, you know, today are just so complex and time-consuming to set up. Um, things like um, VIO, uh, VMware, you know, integrated OpenStack, vRealize Operations, vSAN, you know, just to get them up and running. If you just want to check out something real quick or see how it works, um, can take so much effort and time. So being able to jump in and within a few minutes have access to something that's already built yeah. is really cool. Yeah, I know. I know. There's one of our solutions. I was talking to the yeah, you know, VMware, phenomenal. I mean, they've they've paved the way for the industry, right? And in their hands-on labs, uh, we we have a version as well. And uh, Alan McGrath and his team do a phenomenal job on that each year. Um, I I know a couple of their labs there. I was talking to Alan, and he was saying that you know one of them there was taking something like 256 gigs of memory for one lab instance. Wow, that's incredible. Um, it, it's it's one of the bigger. You know, it's not just a single product i mean this is a overall solution where you can jump in there and do multiple things but you know if you think about that i mean on the back end obviously it's all uh you know uh, all cisco ucs blades um on that but uh, pretty much that's one blade fully loaded uh, per, per lab instance um so you know you try spinning that up in your home lab um it's never going to work <laughs> yeah unless you've got very deep pockets um so yeah that's why these labs are very cool yeah, yeah. I was at OpenStack Summit a few week, few weeks ago, and I learned. Uh, speaking of Cisco and speaking of online labs, um, I learned about Cisco's Viral, which I don't know exactly what it stands for, but it's their own home. It's their version of VMware Hands-On Labs, so you can access a massive Cisco infrastructure and just build it, you know, on your own dynamically, virtually. Um, and what I heard was it runs um, in OpenStack. So, oh wow! Very yeah, cool. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Is that uh, is that publicly available? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. You can go just Google like Cisco Viral V I R L, mm. and um, I think there might be a small fee to use it, but it's it's not much compared to you know what you what you can get. Um, so yeah, that, that's a great way for people doing Cisco certifications, you know, to to get what they need access to what they need. Just like VMware Hands On Labs, you know, is great for people doing yeah. VMware certifications. Um, I tell you what, I could have done that with that back in the day. I mean, you know, do you remember? I mean, I was looking at doing my CCNA, uh, I don't know, probably about a decade ago now. But how you had to do it back then is literally jump on eBay and pick up this really old kit that enabled you to sort of 
SSH into these things to to do your studying or what have you. So you're always sort of scanning eBay because you know someone would finish get their CCNA, then they'd sell the stuff, and you know right. the next person would buy it on eBay. So you, you know. I sort of uh, went around the houses, but you know the fact that you can do a lot of this now, whether it be VMware, um, you know Cisco, EMC, it doesn't matter. You know if you're doing your certifications, uh, this stuff sort of stuff is uh, definitely invaluable. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, speaking of conferences, I um, at OpenStack Summit. I mean, it was in Austin, Texas. It was very cool. Um, there was lots of VMware, you know, folks, VMware friends there from from I, I shouldn't say VMware VMworld friends there from you know past conferences that i've known for years so you know, it was great to see people um Stu was there doing the the cube uh with brian gracely um scott eslow yes. was there uh so I, I saw was, was crystal there doing the spousetivities as well crystal was doing spousetivities okay. yeah yeah uh scott eslow he was at the vmware booth you know educating people on OpenStack, and so i just stood there listening to like the common questions that people would would walk up and, and ask him and uh, it was, you know, it was really kind of eye-opening to me because I'm very new to OpenStack. That was my first, like, learning opportunity. You know, I think before that, all I, I knew that OpenStack is an open-source cloud management platform. That's like, <laughs> that was my yes. knowledge of, of OpenStack. So, uh, you know, people would walk up and say, hey, I'm interested in replacing vSphere with OpenStack. And he was like, whoa, 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 hold on. You know, OpenStack doesn't have a hypervisor, you know. You might be interested in replacing Open um, vSphere with KVM and then adding OpenStack on top, but you mm -hmm. still need a hypervisor, you know. So and they're like, "Oh, really? I didn't know that." You know. So there was just so much education, you know, going on. And um, I went to uh, Open um, Eric Wright's Couch to OpenStack session, oh, which, yeah. which yep. was packed out, like over 100 people, standing room only. And so it was obvious there's so many people there just still trying to figure out, hey, I, I don't know anything about OpenStack. I want to get started. Um, That's pretty cool. And I heard that the, uh, uh, the, the, the V Brown Bag guys were there as well. Yeah, yeah. Cody, Alistair, and, and the whole crew were there. They were recording like little short, like 10-minute demos. I think they recorded something like 50 or more videos in a few days. Wow. Um, and I went, That's... yeah, and I sat down in one of them, which was, um, which was about containers. It, it had a funny title, but it was like getting started with containers. And actually, I didn't realize that it was just a 10-minute session. I thought it was like a full 45-minute, you know, session. So he got started. This guy was great, very educational. And then after 10 minutes, it was over. And I was like, uh, uh, but I want to learn more. I want to know more about containers. <laughs> so uh, OpenStack and containers, obviously very hot, you know, topics. And that was standing room only, too. Um, these people that came to learn about containers for just, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, so people are hungry, I think, you know, for knowledge. And I yes. mean, the, the ecosystem is just so different, you know, from VMworld 2. To me, um, OpenStack is, it's all open source. You know, the contributors work for different companies. Uh, sometimes, you know, companies like VMware, VMware or Rackspace or, you know, uh, all these different, you know, software or hardware companies, but so many of them just work for regular old enterprises and in their spare time at night, you know, they're coding, mm -hmm. making OpenStack better and better. Um, and if you, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, yeah, it's it's got this feeling. I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a complete OpenStack noob. I know, you know, I, I know enough to be dangerous, but I don't know really that much. I need to learn more. It's on, it's on my to-do list. Things to learn for 2016. It's on, it's on that list. Um, 
definitely there. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be checking out those videos by the V Brown Bag guys. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got a real hunger there to learn as well. Because the feeling I get with the community, it's probably got the very similar feel to how, you know, v, the, the VMware community was perhaps, you know, back in 2008, 2009. You know, I, definitely VMware wasn't in its infancy there. But that, at that point, that's where it was starting to get a little bit more sort of mainstream. Um, at least in my experience with it as well. And that's where a lot of people were doing a lot of their labs in the evening type of thing. That's where a lot of the blog posts and bloggers, including myself, you know, that's where we uh, really sort of cut our teeth in those early days there. Um, and, and to me, OpenStack and, and the other communities out there as well, the other open source communities sort of based around this, whether it's application or infrastructure, uh, it's got that sort of similar sort of uh, uh, exciting sort of buzz feel you know to it um and i'm not saying vmware or vmworld doesn't have that anymore because it definitely does it, it, it definitely does but it's just a little bit different it just feels a little bit more you know open stack still in that sort of grassroots sort of stage perhaps a little bit more yeah yeah everybody there is very adamant about um contributing you know um the the developer like half the sessions at OpenStack summit are p are coders sitting around talking about you know making OpenStack better and how they're going to do design the code and stuff like that and for the vendors who are there if a vendor's talking people want to know how are you contributing what are you contributing to OpenStack? Mm -hmm. you know don't just come here and sell us a product what code are you contributing to make OpenStack better kind of thing so um yeah it's it's very interesting um they they expect everyone to have some kind of you know kind of blood in the game or in the pool yep. um to make <laughs> things better so yeah, you're right, and and it is kind of still a, a grassroots sort of feel, but I guess everyone was saying, you know, this is my first OpenStack summit, but this is the first OpenStack summit where um, OpenStack has gone mainstream or enterprise or ready for <laughs> ready for production or what, however you want to put it, um, because there were some amazing stats there about you know AT and T using OpenStack and um, you know the Rackspace cloud is powered by OpenStack and just all these. Like, mm -hmm. like, hey, it's not just a science project anymore, kind of, yes. you know, messaging. So, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was fun. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of credibility out there now. You know, it's definitely, yeah, yeah, coming into its own, uh, you know, it's matured, isn't it? Like you say, then there's some, some uh, you know, definitely large and very well-respected companies out there running sort of pretty hefty infrastructures, very large infrastructures on it. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting space, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one more point before we move on, and that is, you know, just like VMworld was when uh, all the third-party tools had to adapt to virtualization. You know, hey, what are you going to do for, now we need disaster recovery for VMware. Now we need backup for VMware. Now we need management tools for VMware. OpenStack is, is in the same position where companies are like, um, we've, we've modified our backup solutions to be com OpenStack compatible and management is now OpenStack compatible. And, you know, so they're trying to elevate things, you know, to a higher level. Um, so yeah. it's, it's an interesting time. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely pretty exciting. I mean, from a from a techie's perspective, you know, it's just an, a, another interesting uh, area out there to explore. And like I say, there's more hours in the day. Well, sorry, there's not enough hours in the day rather to to learn all of this. It's uh, this is a shame actually. But uh, yeah, it's definitely on my uh, to do list. Uh, that's for sure. Hey, but uh, David, tell us. I mean, you know, we spoke about you know what I've been up to. Uh, what have you been up to uh, in the last? Well, gosh, what six months? Year? <laughs> whenever it was that we last caught up. Yeah, so um, my my company with um, uh, Scott 
Scott Delo, uh, James Green, and Jordy Carswell, uh, Actual Tech Media. We've been doing um, these mega cast events, which have been, you know, just crazy popular on hyperconvergence. We've got one coming up on software defined data center and cloud, and you know, we've VMware is going to be on these events along with other, you know, great great sponsors, um, educating people on you know, the the future of software-defined data center or, or cloud solutions. So that's been keeping me real busy. Um, I finally wrapped up my vSphere 6 Foundations course series on Pluralsight.com, which is eight courses. It took me a long time to do. Yeah, <laughs> but it covers every, um, every uh, bullet point on the blueprint for the vSphere 6 Foundations exam which was not easy to do, but um, it, it does that. So it's some crazy like 17 hours of training if you watch all the courses. Um, so that's been that's been fun. I'm excited to, to have that completed and um, have that behind me. And Fantastic. Are you, are, so are you going to be doing any more? Obviously, you've got uh, you know, your own venture that you're doing with Megacast now and the, uh, you know, the rest of the team. Uh, going forward, are you going to be doing any more courses with Pluralsight? Yeah, I'm trying to do one, you know, every every month or every other month, you know, something like that. Um, they're they're a lot shorter than they were, you know, in the past. So cranking out a, a two-hour course or something like that isn't isn't too too difficult to do, um, which is great, I think, for the audience. Not only for me, but also for the audience, you know, because you can watch in in two lunches, two lunch breaks, you could watch a a course. So yeah, the next one I'm doing is um, I'm refreshing my introduction to virtualization course. Which has been crazy popular, but now it's it's like three or four years old. So you know a right. lot of a lot of things have changed. So um, it, it's incredible how many, you know. I think you and I we get kind of caught in that technology bubble where we think just everybody um, everybody knows the same technology we do. Um, I I told someone yesterday, you know, make sure you put everything in Dropbox, and they said, what is Dropbox? I'm like, oh. I thought, right. he, not that they were a, a techie person like us, but just a, a regular, you know, family member. I'm like, don't forget to use Dropbox. And they're like, what is Dropbox? I'm like, oh, wow. I, I am in kind of a bubble. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's a massive number of people out there who still don't know what virtualization is. You know, they're developers. They're, they're graduating from college or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so it, it's, it's an example of just how many people there still are out there who who are, you know, at the top of the, the funnel or, you know, however you want to put it, or at the bottom of the, the pyramid, you know, going up, yeah. getting started with technology. Yeah, and definitely, you know, three to four years, I, I can imagine, yeah, definitely needs to refresh the rate at which this industry and, the, you know, the, the, this particular space around virtualization, cloud computing sort of move, has moved. Yeah, I can imagine, uh, yeah, you'd almost need to refresh it almost every six months just to try and keep up with things. Uh, so, yeah, that'd be a, definitely a welcome update. Yeah, so um, what about, you know, I, I see you tweeting a lot about Home Lab. Uh, we, we enjoy talking about Home Lab. We've talked about it a lot <laughs> yep. on the VChat. So um, I, I guess in my, just to share what I did in my vSphere 6 Foundations course, I did the whole thing in VMware Fusion um, on an iMac with 32 gigs and a one terabyte uh, PCI SSD, you know, built in. Wow. Um, how, how did that work out? It worked pretty well. I mean, I was able to demonstrate everything I needed um, in the whole course, like uh, VMware fault tolerance, I think was the biggest challenge mm. um, to demonstrate that. And to do that, I used a, um, a tiny Linux VM, which was only like 512, you know, um, K of, of, or twice, yeah, it might've been 512 K actually, um, of, <laughs> of, of, of RAM, uh, yeah. which, which made it, you know, able to, 
to migrate, you know, live. Um, yes. But other than that, it it worked great. So, you know, what what have you been up to for Home Lab? Yeah, um, so nothing um, is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my lab's been turned off probably for about a year and a half now, a year, year and a half. Um, had a lot of things going on. Um, you know, uh, the home space plus uh, plus work. I just haven't had time to do it. But yeah, I'm at the point now where I want to bring it back online again. I, I've got to upskill myself in a couple of areas. There's a few technology areas such as, the, you know, the open stack, open source uh, side of things um, being one of them. Uh, so, you know, that's a good reason to, um, you know, have access to a lab. So I've been through the thought process of what I do, you know, whether I go 100% out to the cloud, whether I uh, run nested, um, you know, instances on, on, on a large white box or, you know, whether I stick with my sort of more uh, individually compartmentalized, uh, you know, home lab servers. So I've still got my HP microservers, um, which is good. They're getting a little bit long in the tooth now. Um, and I'm finding with the the resource requirements for you know for, for the VMs I want to run that type of thing, I'm not getting too many VMs per per physical box. So I went out there. I had a look at uh, you know white boxes. Like I say, I mean obviously there's a price tag associated with that. Even when you go white box, uh, you know, because I kind of want something where I'm gonna you know if it was gonna be a single white box running nested instances, you know, ideally you want in a perfect world, 64 gigs, and then then you need system boards that will take 64 gigs with enough slots, because uh, obviously you know 16 gig DIMMs, you know you, you can get them, but they still come with a price tag. Uh, but long story short, uh, I went back out, had a look, um, and like I say, for full transparency, obviously we're going through this Dell EMC merger thing at the moment, uh, which is which is very exciting from from my perspective because it just means more more tech, more more portfolio, uh, you know, inter interesting tech uh, to uh, be be exposed to which is really cool, uh, and hopefully play with. Um, so, you know, I looked around again, looked at the options, and, yeah, there's a company here in the UK called Servers Plus, um, and, and they were doing a, a special on a Dell T20. Uh, so the T20 is like an entry-level server, um, bigger than a, 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 an HP microserver. I mean, the, the microserver is a lovely form factor, uh, but unfortunately you can only get 16 gigs in there. You've only got two slots available to you, uh, so you can only get sixteen, which was, or for me, always a bit of a bottleneck. The CPUs went always the, the, you know, the gruntiest. But I'm I'm running light workloads, so that was less of a, an issue. It was more around sort of the uh, the sixteen gig cap there. It meant that I could probably run five VMs, maybe six if I was lucky, very small ones. Uh, but anyway, this uh, the, the T20. Um, they're doing a £70 cashback deal over here. To buy it was £155, £156. So it worked out it cost me around about sort of 80 quid uh, for one of these boxes. Didn't come with a hard disk, but that doesn't matter because, I mean, all of us, right, we've got tons of SATA disks kicking around to some capacity, as long as it's big enough to get uh, vSphere or ESXi on there that's big enough. So, yeah, uh, um, turned up this morning. Uh, I've had a quick look at it. Um, I did a quick vlog on it this morning that I'll be posting uh, soon, just the unboxing of it, first impressions, etc. Uh, but interesting form factor. I thought it'd be the size of a mini tower, uh, but it isn't. It's actually somewhere between a uh, mini tower form factor and the microserver. So it's actually quite a dinky little size, but uh, yeah, you can get 32 gigs in there. I bought the Slurron model, which is fine. It's only dual core. Uh, the only thing I didn't get with that processor, I think it's the 3320. Uh, you don't, don't get uh, VTD on there, but that's fine. I don't want to do any sort of hardware pass-through or anything on it. Um, 
but yeah, it's got everything else that I need. I just need to up the memory. But the, luckily enough, what I'm going to do is pillage all the memory I had in my <laughs> in my microservers there to throw into the uh, you know the, the the slots of of the T20. And uh, yeah, I should be good to go. Um, so I'm going to give that a go. And you know, the other reason, obviously, you know, with the, the, the Dell thing happening, I'm keen to try out a bit of Dell hardware as well. So uh, just seemed like a very good time, very good price. I mean, you know, you couldn't even build a white box for that amount. And uh, yeah, that's what that's 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 me. I mean, I haven't. Like I say, turned up today, so I've got to <laughs> take all the memory out of the Mark servers, put it into this, and uh, you know, g give it a try. I mean, in theory, vSphere should see all the hardware, so you know that's yet to be tested. Uh, from what I gather on the forums, it's not a problem. But uh, yeah, that's fun. I want to spin up my own little lab here. I want to start having a little bit of fun with it. Um, yeah, my, uh, you know, my son, uh, he's, I mean, he's only, only quite young, but. Um, yeah, I, he saw me playing Minecraft. I was playing. I stumbled across Minecraft. There's a demo on the Xbox that I was playing, and he said, "Oh, that's nice." So it's it's like Lego, you know, yeah. Lego, but on the on the Xbox type of thing. And uh, yeah, I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. It's kind of an addictive little game as well. So I played it a couple of times in the evenings just myself since. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm thinking the first thing I'm gonna do is actually I might spin up a little tech head um, uh, 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 Minecraft server. So that could be a good little project. So I run that as a VM on there, expose that out, and then anyone who, who reads the blog or anyone in the in the virtualization community who plays Minecraft, they can jump on there and you know <laughs> they can all run around together. Uh, I just thought that's a cool little project. Uh, so that's my first one I'll be doing with, with that, obviously, as well as running sort of domain control and all that sort of stuff on it. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Most of VMs I'll probably uh, serve up off my Synology. Um, I've got the, what was it, the 1810? Six disk, eighteen ten. Uh, I've been running that for about a year now. That's awesome bit of kit for 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 home labs. Um, yeah, so be running the VMs off there, and uh, yeah, just just be uh, you know playing around with vSphere as well, checking out some of the new features that I haven't had opportunity or time to do over the last year, eighteen months. And uh, so, so, what about so I had a question about your 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 your, um, your iMac there that you had fully loaded. How how did you find you get on with sort of nesting nesting the VMs there and what have you? Because obviously the the one terabyte card or sorry SSD you get with the iMac, especially the modern ones. I mean they've got some crazy stupid fast uh, throughput, haven't they? On read and write, they're sort of like one one point two gigs a second read writes. You know over a hundred thousand IOPS. You know that type of thing. So I'd imagine. That wouldn't be the bottleneck on, on on any sort of nested environment on an iMac. Yeah, yeah, the performance on that one terabyte PCI um, flash is amazing. Unfortunately, I, I already ran out of space on that pretty quick. Um, yeah. Between like I had all my family photos and everything else for the OS on there, and then for all these VMs, I ran out of space. So I bought two. Um, actually, I bought one uh, Promise Pegasus two um, external disk system. And connect, oh, yeah. connected it with uh, Thunderbolt 2. Nice. Yeah, and it's uh, RAID 5, I think it is. Um, and it and it performed really well. So I had tons of space. It's an 8 terabyte, I think, 4 terabyte maybe. I can't remember. Um, yeah, it, it is 8, sorry. An 8 terabyte external array. And so that that's worked really well. I also have a Synology 15-something, uh, which I love. And but I'm I filled it up with like videos, home um, movies for Plex. Um, I use Plex, which is like your own kind of internal Netflix for your oh yeah family. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So I filled that up with movies, all my DVDs uh, I've put on there. So you can watch them anywhere. You can watch them on an iPad, driving in the car over cellular. You can watch them on any TV in the house. And so I love that. And also I use it for backups. So I kind of already ran out of space on the Synology. <laughs> but um. 
Actually, I, I think I'm wrong there, actually. Sorry, 1610. I don't think there is a 1610 synology. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I think I've got the 1510. Uh, when you mentioned 1510 there, so I stand corrected on that one. That's right. I think I had the wrong model. You know, speaking of hot new tech, um, Synology released a new Wi-Fi access point, which I bought um, because it, it has the same interface as the disk array for configuring all the Wi-Fi functionality, and it won some award for you know the interface as being... Um, having the best UI for wireless, home wireless, you know, devices. And so I bought it to check it out. It also has content filtering, which I thought, oh. yeah, it's like built in and included. You don't have to pay anything extra or monthly or anything for it. So I bought that um, because I'd like to, you know, put that in here in the house. Uh, I haven't had time yet, but I plan to do a video on, on that. Yeah, have you, so have you checked out the filtering yet? How how effective is it? The reason being, as a uh, yeah, as a as, as a dad now, um, you know, our little one's only still very small. But I mean, it'll be a couple of years time. I'm going to be start looking at <laughs> internet filtering type devices. Right. Yeah. You'll look at internet filtering, and and you'll ask him to stop playing Minecraft, and you'll say, yeah. "I wish I had never showed him that Minecraft thing." Um, <laughs> hey, I'm at that. What are they? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, no, actually, I haven't taken it out of the box yet. It's still in the box. Um, so I'm also excited about, I think I'm excited about my shock watch, a shock alarm watch that I bought. Um, it <laughs> that was, sounds ominous. Yeah, it was a Kickstart project. And it, the idea is you wear this watch that beeps and buzzes and tries to wake you up at whatever time you set it to. And if not, it shocks you with an electric shock on your arm. <laughs> Are you sure this is a good idea? I, I'm not sure, actually. I, I don't think I want to find out what the shock feels like. Maybe it doesn't even work, you know? Like, who knows? Maybe it's just people are so scared of it, they just get up. Um, so I'm hoping... Actually, your your wife isn't going to be, want to be too close to you in the morning, so when <laughs> she'll be on the other side of the bed, you know? <laughs> That's right. Maybe I'll wake her up with a scream. That's ah! risk uh, electrocution. <laughs> right, right. Um what are, what are the kind of cool tech have you seen lately? Uh, well, yeah, interesting you mentioned Kickstarter there. So, uh, you know, a, a really cool one that I saw uh, on Kickstarter. And it's funny, I've sort of find myself trolling Kickstarter.com a, a lot more, actually, because you see some real real innovative uh, technologies come through there. Some of them are a little bit suspect. You think, yeah, because there have been a few scams on there. Um you know, where people were trying to sell a particular sort of conceptual vision on something and then technically, yeah, it wouldn't work. Um, I've seen a couple of sort of videos on YouTube sort of warning you against particular sort of Kickstarter projects based on that. But one that I saw recently that really stands out, there's one called Lima, uh, and that's on meetlima.com. Uh, we'll put, put a link in the show notes again. Um, yeah, I had a quick look at that, but they look pretty cool. So what it is, it's like a small dongle device, you know, probably a couple of inches in size. Uh, one end, it's got a USB port. I don't know if it's a USB 2 or USB 3. I'd imagine it's probably USB 3. But um, but anyway, you plug any hard disk, USB-based hard disk into it. Now, the other end, what it has is a Ethernet uh, port. And you plug that Ethernet port into your router. Obviously, you've got to open up uh, particular ports. But what this allows you to do, and apparently it's got good, you know, very effective security on it as well, um, uh, and as well as that, it's got apps, you know, iOS and Android apps that you can download. But what it allows you to do is share out a USB-based USB hard disk onto the Internet. Out, So you've got your own personal cloud just through the use of this very small little little dongle, uh, which I, I thought, you know, that, that sounded pretty cool, you know, for someone who just wants to share their files out. And apparently what it lets you do as well, using these uh, Android apps or, or iOS apps, you know, any photos you take instantly, 
uh, you can set up the app to instantly upload uh, via the cloud, you know, uh, to your USB um, hard disk. And this doesn't need to be an expensive hard disk by any means. You know, this could be a sort of hard disk you pick up at Best Buy or, you know, some, somewhere like that, you know, like a one terabyte, you know, even 500 gig, you know, uh, portable two and a half inch hard disk that you have plugged into this thing. Um, so, yeah, yeah, pretty, that, that pretty cool. And it's pretty reasonable as well. I think it's about 70 US bucks. So I don't really have the requirement for that because I've got my Synology, but you know I'm kind of tempted just to just to uh, you know just to play around with it. Um, that looked pretty cool, but I definitely recommend you know from, from from a techie geek point of view, definitely check out Kickstarter, the technology section in there because there's some pretty cool stuff. Um, oh, another one I saw as well, one called Noki. So that's N was it K N O C K I uh, was pretty cool. So what this is is like a round device that you can mount to any surface. So for example, example under under a counter surface surface for example, and what it does, um, you can program it. It's a Wi-Fi device. And you can program it to perform particular commands to other uh, internet-connected devices if you tap the surface. So you can have different uh, different patterns of tap will do different things. So, you know, for example, let's say you wanted to dim the lights or turn the TV on. You know, you could just sit down in your chair. Uh, you know, if you've got your coffee table in front of you, just do a particular tap, particular rhythm, that type of thing, and it would turn on the TV or a particular device. Or you could do another tap and it would dim the lights, you know, assuming you're using... Um, you know, um, uh, a lighting system, you know, with internet connectivity. Uh, so yeah, pretty cool. And I think you can uh, hook it up to, I, uh, what was it, ITT, if that, then. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the online one. Yeah, I always right. get the acronym. Yeah, I always butcher it. But uh, yeah, so that was the other really cool uh, technology that I saw that looked pretty, pretty cool. I don't know what I'd use it for, but, uh, you know, it was cool tech for the sake of uh, cool tech sake, but I'm sure it's got a lot of real world uh, applications out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'm going to have to look and kickstart some more. Um, was while you, while you were talking, one of the cool things that I've uh, thought of that I've been using lately that I've just loved is the new fourth generation Apple TV. And when I first got it, I was like, yeah, it's just the same as the old one. But what makes it so cool are all the different apps you can get for it, you know, just like your phone. Um, so I've got the, uh, like the white noise pro thing, which, you know, like you can go to sleep to the sounds of the ocean, but it turns your TV into an alarm clock. And just with a swipe of your finger, you can change the colors left and right, or you can change the brightness up and down. So it has an, a, a clock up there and I think the weather and date or something. So I'm, I'm a sucker for like these giant clocks on the wall. So now I can turn my TV into a giant clock. Um, but the main <laughs> thing was, was the Pluralsight app that's on there so i can watch all the pluralsight courses on my on my big screen tv you know on the wall uh which i'm i love to multitask so i can work on my laptop and kind of watch the pluralsight course you know at the same time so you can uh, listen to yourself and to you know to your I, calming voice to put yourself to sleep each night is that i can't stand to listen to myself i don't i don't want to watch my courses but um but <laughs> there's some amazing i've been watching like some um devops like amazon web services devops courses yeah. you know to learn more about you know that that side of things um some really cool you know um, containers courses openstack courses all that stuff you know are, are out there so it's it's a great learning w way to learn um just on your home tv even courses for kids i want to get my kids they have free courses for kids uh, like learn html for kids and um uh you know other free kids courses so it's kind of cool Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, one thing, uh, another thing, sort of uh, looping back on what we were talking about earlier, you know, on my to-do list for this year, I want to teach myself Python. That's uh, 
that's yeah i've been meaning to do that for the last couple of years i haven't done it but i've got myself a couple of uh, books now on that um you know teach yourself uh, python in 12 hours that type of stuff so you know and uh, i've just subscribed to lynda.com as well uh you know um there's a couple of areas i want to upskill myself in um as well so yeah um but but they they're non-technical things the things i want to upskill myself in is uh one is after effects uh there's an advanced course on there I want to do. And the other one is, what's the other one? Uh, oh, Adobe Premiere. Uh, at the moment, I do all my editing on Final Mac Final Cut, but I'm, I'm finding I'm using Windows more and more, so I want to use uh, Adobe Premiere for that. So that's that's why I did that. So I, I don't know, question question for you. Does, um, does Pluralsight uh, do, do courses such as that, or is it just purely technical? No, they're still doing, by the way, they're still doing the free vExpert um, one year, um, you know, uh, free unlimited training for V experts, and they have courses on I think all that stuff you just mentioned. Um, In which case, I am. Um... <laughs> I've just signed up for a month from today. In which case, yeah, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be jumping chef on that one then. And, uh, check, yeah, I'll check it out. My, uh, my my free V expert pass on that. Oh, that was good to know actually. Yeah, this is. This was a worthwhile conversation. Yeah. Save me 25 bucks a month. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, this has been a great V chat, Simon. Yeah, likewise. It's been great to catch you up again. Yeah. So uh, for the audience out there, thanks for joining us and look forward to more, you know, VChats from, uh, from the crew here. Most definitely. Yeah, we plan to. We were talking about a, a head of the call here. We're, we're, we'll try and get another one out uh, either next week or the week after. We're going to try and be a lot more regular with it now uh, with the content. Uh, so, you know, suggestions, feedback, always welcome. And uh, yeah, it's been great chatting with you, David. You too, Simon. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye.